Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. We're your hosts, Laurel Gurrier and Danielle Jackson. Today's episode features Adriana Hayes. She expressed that after experiencing the loss of their first son at 24 weeks, it took intention, familial support, and therapy for both her and her husband to prepare for the birth of their rainbow baby. We are grateful for her sharing her truth today. Hello, Day. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to share this space with you guys um, and for you guys to get to know me, for me to get to know you guys. Um, so, yeah, I'm just glad to be here. Awesome. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your family and yourself? Yes. So um, I am a Southern woman at heart. Uh, I am originally from Houston, Texas, um, and I have a younger sister. Um, my mom and dad are funny, amazing folks. We all look alike. It's so funny. People see the like, I know whose child you are. Um, so <laughs> family is really important to us. Um, and now I am a wife myself. And so I've branched off and created my own family. I'm here in Atlanta, Georgia um, with my rainbow son, Royce, and my husband, Tyrone, who is my world. We met here in Atlanta, Georgia, um, got married last year. We celebrated our one-year anniversary about a month ago. Um, so that has been really great. So I've just um, been evolving as a woman and family has really expanded into beautiful ways very fast. Um, And this has been a blessing. (laughs) Isn't it crazy to see this whole new version of yourself? (laughs) Yo, I'm the type of person that keeps a ton of journals. So I'll go back and I read old versions of myself and I'm like, oh my God. Thank the Lord for change. <laughs> Growth. Wow. Growth is for everyone. Come get some. Man, you get growth. You get growth. Right? You get growth. It exists. It is available. Oh, yes. Oh, Wonderful. Man. Tell us a little bit about um, your pregnancy. And I know you're sharing two stories so yes. however you however they evolve go ahead no oh, it's it's really awesome because um learning to share my pregnancy story um when i was pregnant with my rainbow son was something my doula and i used to do and i used to really get the stories intertwined but it was so beautiful because they really do uh that's him yelling down there they really do <laughs> um mesh very beautifully so um, I got pregnant right after I got engaged in around 2019. I was living in New York um, in my studio apartment doing my thing. And my um, husband, now husband, came, proposed, moved back to Atlanta. Um, I got pregnant. The pregnancy was great. I was also starting a brand new job. Like, everything was fresh and new and exciting. Um, and it was like everything was good until until it just wasn't. Um, one particular night, I was actually doing an Instagram live Bible study. So I'm also um, a woman of faith um, and I was doing Instagram live Bible study and I just started having what I thought were Braxton Hicks. And um, so I called my girlfriend. She was like, yeah, it's probably Braxton Hicks, but go ahead and call the doctor. I was like, no, nah, I'll be fine if it's Braxton Hicks. You know, you kind of bear yourself to prepare for these types of pain because that's what everyone says you kind of get the grit to be a super mom. Like you are expecting pain. 
Um, and long story short, we ended up going to the hospital. They told me I was dilating and I was like, okay, what does that even mean? You know, I, I didn't do any pregnancy education for the first pregnancy because I really just assumed you have sex to get pregnant. I, what else do I need to know? <laughs> um, and so, uh, we're in the, in the, um, emergency room. They tell us that we're, we've dilated and that I'm going to have to deliver. Now this, mind you, is the hospital I've been going to this entire time. And they're like, oh yeah. And our NICU center is not fully, um, prepared. So if you give birth, he's probably not going to live. And I was like, well, I'm 24 weeks, so 23, it's like 23 in like six days. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> Y'all, what, how are you taking clients who are pregnant and you have no fully completed NICU center? That doesn't make any sense to me. One of the nurses was such a blessing. She pulled my husband to the side and said, you guys are going to have to advocate for your own transfer because if you don't, they're not going to do it. And so prayerfully and gratefully we were able to be transferred Um, my mom came down from Houston we got into a hospital where they told me that I was hourglassing and just like really educating me on what was happening with my body which of course was scary because I was not familiar with any of this um and so they were like we're gonna give you um it was some sort of steroid shot that would help him actually have his lungs develop by 24 weeks so just in case you know if i did go into labor we did an emergency cerclage everything's fine um and then the next morning come to check the heartbeat and there's no heartbeat and i just remember hearing like echoes like it really felt like a movie um that first knowledge of finding out that you're no longer carrying life. It it just, everything was like a slow motion and it compounded. And then he said something about, we have to deliver now because if not something else, I wasn't really understanding what was going on at that point. Everything was a blur. Um, They decided to give me an epidural. I'm going to find out I'm literally allergic to every inducing medicine possible. Um, My body begins to go into anaphylactic reaction. I'm telling my husband, like, I can't breathe. My throat is closing. Um, The doctors were like, well, no, it's probably just the anxiety from everything, compressed anxiety. They were not listening. My husband pretty much had to tell them, like, take her off the medicine. And once I was off the medicine, I was able to breathe. And shortly after that, I delivered um, our son, Trey. Um, in that period of, period of time, like I had so much, and I say familiar support, family is really important to me. Another extension of my family is Spelman. So I graduated from Spelman College um, in 2014. And I pledged there as well. But it was like, as soon as I felt comfortable telling one line sister, and I was like, it is okay to tell like the rest of our community, the amount of like embracing that I got from Spelman sisters and other Spelman moms and like um, uh, sorors from Delta Sigma Theta and non-sorors, it just was like unquestionable. Whatever I needed was like provided for me. And it was such a beautiful part of my healing journey. Um, and it's so sad because I'm kind of going off track, but it's so sad because once I became a part of a lot of the, what they call angel mom communities, um, which I did not even know existed. I didn't know what a rainbow baby was, but I was really open, open to just learning as much as I could. 
um, I found that like a lot of women didn't have any support and they felt completely isolated. And I like realized like my my experience, my birth experience um, post loss was very, very, very different. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. And I try to be as intentional as I can when I find out about other people, whether they're in my community or not. Um, so that was the first pregnancy and I had truly lost my faith. My friends that know me know that like, you want some real honest advice? <laughs> Call me. I'm going to tell you a scripture and then I'm going to also tell you about yourself <laughs> and I'm going to help you. We're going to get there together and I'm going to learn some things and you're going to learn some things. Um, but I just wasn't in a place where I could help anybody. Um, and I wasn't myself and I remember journaling because somebody was some one of my friends gave me a journal and I just was I would just journal I would like get up really early in the morning go on our deck and just sit there and like I kind of created like a morning routine for myself um I didn't get on social media I didn't go try to figure out all the things that could possibly have gone wrong I immediately went to find, find a therapist um I went to Therapy for Black Girls, they have this di- amazing directory. Oh my God. Um, I found my therapist and it had different categories and it said she w- did infertility therapy. And I was like, what? I didn't even know that was a thing. Womb therapy. <laughs> and so I began to go to her and she she encouraged me to journal and I would just journal. And I just kind of create like this morning routine where like I would journal and it was just like this intentional, non-negotiable time that like taught me to allow God to teach me that he, that I can trust him again um, and allow him to like rebuild an image of himself for me. Um, That time was like the thing that saved me, honestly. Like, and that's why I just, I feel like if I had not had the level of intentionality with developing a routine um, that could allow me to honestly like elevate to the woman that I know that God wants me to be and still wanted me to be, even though I had that like really horrible experience and hardship. Um, If I hadn't carved that time out, I don't think I would be like sitting here today at all. Cause like loss is so that grief, it does come in waves. And like people tell you that the waves can be like really, really strong, but nobody tells you that like outside of that grief cycle, like at some point you have to make an exit. You can't continue to choose to be in that cycle. Like you, you have to kind of find the tools to be riding the waves instead of the waves throwing and tossing you <laughs> here and there. Um, and so that's what I did to prepare for our second pregnancy. I had already just, yes, we're going to be pregnant. Yes, we're going to go get married and we got married and had an amazing wedding and the blessing that came from that, from being able to have it on VH1 and having celebrity wedding. It just was like so beautiful how like God just kind of took that moment of our life that was so dark for us and like made it so glory, like so much glory came from it. And it was magnified. Like the love that our son gave to us was like magnified. And we could actually point to a moment where we could see God's hand on our life like that. And then finding out that we were pregnant. Um, So my husband wanted to know, 
<laughs> he wanted to know the gender and I was like, mm, I'm okay. Like, it's cool. I'm just excited. Um, I was also pregnant during this old crazy pandemic that we still in, which was like pregnancy after loss in a pandemic. I don't know when they're going to start doing some research, but they need to because it's going to be so interconnected to so many other challenges that we're going to have to overcome as a community. Like, seriously. Um, so I'm not even going to go get into all that. But <laughs> so, <laughs> we find out we're pregnant and it's just, for me, I was like, we're doing everything the opposite of what we did the first time. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I'm so grateful for my husband because he's just like, you want to do what? Like, let's just do what we know and kind of like try make tweaks. I was like, no, let's get a doula. Let's get a midwife. We're taking childbirth classes. I'm going to wound therapy. I'm doing everything. <laughs> and that's what I did. I was reading everything. I would do yoga. Like I so I switched up my morning routine to kind of be like more active in my body. Um, you know, writing letters to my to my son and, you know, just spending that time singing to him and just really enjoying my pregnancy. Um and choosing to not have the level of anxiety um that I knew was also available to me. I, I could choose anxiety for that day and there were some days where I did or I could choose that joy, but I tried to be really consistent about choosing the joy over being able to carry again. And y'all, I had a, a home birth experience. We, we began at home. Um, I'm actually compiling some footage for that for my son's six month. Started at home. Um, I was in labor for 25. No, 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 no. 20 hours at home. Um, most of it is a blur. I like to go back to pictures so I can try to remember it. But it was really painful. <laughs> it was like, yes, this whole time I got prepared for it and we're practicing and everything. But then the moment comes and it's like, I'm trying to grasp it. And that's why I loved having a doula. My my lawn sister is actually my doula, um, which was like really, really dope. Um, y'all, I was just... Oh, it was so much pain. They had to like walk me through things. And my husband is like trying to say the affirmations. I'm not trying to hear him. Um, We're in the pool, in the bedroom. I'm like, every position hurts. Come on. I'm like, I just don't feel like them beautiful pictures. And I said, everybody page with these home births. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we walked, the last part for me, we walked through our neighborhood because that's how long I was I was in labor at home is that we really walked our, the span of our neighborhood with me hollering up the street. So everybody in the community feels like Royce is their child because they were part of the, the pregnancy. But um, after about that 20 hour mark, my wife said, you know, I know you don't want to be transferred, but we got to transfer you. Um, But the great thing is she had, allowed me to develop a relationship with a new OB that would be delivering Roy. So I was like, okay, I I feel confident going into this hospital. I know what to expect. They know what I want. Um, my doula couldn't be there, obviously, because during the pandemic, they were like, one person only. Um, and they told me, like, they, they tried, they were like, well, you've been in labor this long. Like, hey, are you thinking about a C-section? I was like, I don't want a C-section if we don't have to do a C-section. But at the end of the day, I just want my baby here safely. <laughs> like, yeah, I've, I've made it this far. Um, and so we ended up doing a C-section. And honestly, 
this is how I know like adulting, like you can feel the progress of your adulting when like that level of anxiety that you used to have doing certain things just goes away and you just have peace when you do stuff. And so when they decided that I needed to have that C-section, I just had the peace. I was like, okay, let's do it. Like, and it was done. Um, and we delivered an amazing, beautiful, exciting little boy um, born on October 1st, Royce. Um, his birthday is seven de- 17 days before mine. So he's a Libra too. Um, and he is just so lovely. I love him so much. <laughs> he is a joy every day. Um, those are my birthing stories. Both very beautiful parts of me. Um, and I really couldn't have one without the other. I wouldn't want one without the other, to be honest. You said something a while back, um, the expe- expectation of pain to earn mother grit. Explain yeah, that to I me. mean, it's so it's something that it's so interesting. My mom just sent me um, random. I'm going to make a connection. My mom just sent me all the last of my stuff from her house, of which I've had there for like four or five years. Um, and I was going through some stuff, some papers I've written at Spelman. And I was just thinking about how the all the identities we have that intersect and the assumption of like womanhood and that freedom of womanhood but then like when we get to the stage of motherhood we feel really constricted um to like always have to bear everything on us it's just like at what point in the intersectionality of your identities did you just stop and say well this is the only option of this identity and these are the expectations to make sure that i'm i'm fulfilling this identity of myself and i in that moment i associate that with pain that mothering is painful. Motherhood is painful. And so like in my, during the second pregnancy, we had to do a lot of work, my doula and I, of like really kind of unearthing that and just like getting rid of that and replacing that with new beliefs about motherhood. Motherhood being easy and flowing and, you know, it, it being joyous, it, you know, an opportunity to evolve you or transform you. Um, and I just, I wish everybody got that experience. Um because I had adopted a thought that, you know, so easily in my own mind that I didn't even know was there. Thank you for expanding upon that, because it is um, one of those things we think about. That, yeah, there are hard days, right, within motherhood and just how we earn our title of mother, um, whether you have a living child, right, or a little one right next to you, whether someone else birthed the child for you or that you are mothering in some other way. And how that comes to us in so many different forms, how it feels from day to day. Um, And what do we share with other people, right? When we talk to people about motherhood, it's always like, (laughs) right? (laughs) And we have to learn to balance that report, right? Like, these children bring me joy, right? Um, Some days are hard. Who am I leaning into for support? Like you said, like with your with your first child, like all these people came out of nowhere for you in a way that they never had to show up for you before and it blew you away, right? And that's mm-hmm. a part of motherhood too, like that that support, that love, that community of just once you open your mouth, so much can happen and so much can shift your view of motherhood too. Mm-hmm. It, I will say, um, it was this phrase my therapist and I used to use during that period. It was like, you know, mothering your own wounds. So I, uh, some of the work that I felt like therapy allowed me to do 
was actually taking up the space and the time to kind of mother the wounds from that loss, as well as other wounds that we just kind of like, you know, in other relationships, the things that have happened to us that we have allowed to just remain. So you're kind of like mothering those wounds to prepare yourself so that you can actually be the full capacity of a mother that you need to be. Y'all going to church today. (laughs) Pass the collection plate. (laughs) But I just, I feel that today, that that hit me personally today. So I appreciate y'all both. How was postpartum for you? For I mean, you you definitely elaborated on Trey, um, yeah. but how has how has and how was the early parts of postpartum <laughs> for you with Royce, and how is postpartum right now? So the early parts, I'll say the first two months was really challenging because I had had an unplanned C-section, so it was like, yes, I had this beautiful birthing experience, and then at the end, God was like, hmm? and I was like, well, wait a minute now. <laughs> discuss this. I didn't put up with a lot. <laughs> and so the first two months were difficult because I wasn't used to just sitting down and I needed to allow my body to heal. Um, I was used to sitting down, of course, from sitting down emotionally, which I allowed myself to do in the previous pregnancy. But I didn't know how to sit down physically and allow my husband to be the husband and be the father um and that was hard so it was a stretching of myself both in our marriage and a stretching of myself as a mother um but once I was able to kind of get in the groove of like okay these are some things that I can do in terms of physically healing my body so I can get back to feeling like myself um so I found a maternal chiropractor um here in Atlanta that was amazing she made sleep feel so good For my body postpartum. Um, and then I just recently finished up with a pelvic floor therapist um, that just had made me, I was like, I didn't even, you know, I'm feeling like I'm 22 again. Like, I can kick my leg. Like, okay. Like, I, you know, I didn't know that those types of things were even available to moms during postpartum. Um, and then I've been also kind of getting back into the groove of socializing. Um which was, again, hard to do in the middle of a pandemic, which has been kind of like, I, I would say like my regret during this period is I don't feel like I got to have the mommy in groups that a lot of folks got to have because I was in the middle of a pandemic. So it's kind of like, I guess I have community, but it's all distant community. And I cannot wait to get to the point where I can like meet up with friends who have little ones and interact with them. Because I think that that piece, sometimes I'm like, you know, I don't mind FaceTiming, but I like to be in person if I can be. Um, so a lot of my postpartum time has been me, not even like getting back to something, but me kind of figuring out like, who am I now? Like I just did a, um, what are you like when you go take the clothes, play those closet? Like I just did a closet sweep <laughs> and I was like, mm, that doesn't fit me anymore. Like it might fit my body, but I don't, it doesn't fit my personality now. Um, and so I'm slowly getting some pieces that make me feel good. So just like finding ways to pour back into myself um, so that I can properly show up um, for both my husband and my son. I always like, well, the thing that, 
always brings me joy is when, um, you know, storytellers are like to, to not only fulfill my children, but myself. Okay. Because yes. we can't. <laughs> I didn't try more from the empty cup. Ain't that coming out of me? Ain't no trick. Ain't no like nothing's coming out. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. Oh well, thank you so much, so much for sharing that. Let's um some exciting things happening for you. Can we dive into um women who elevate? Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So Women Who Elevate is something that has actually evolved um, originally from this idea of beauty for ashes, um, which was primarily focused on angel moms who were just tired of being stuck in their grief um, and feeling very overwhelmed and kind of over it and knowing that there's something on the other side but needing the tools and the resources to get there. Um, And so that's now evolved. I have talked to several women who their grief may have not been child loss, but their grief may have been a loss in the expectation of a failed relationship, a partner, an opportunity at work. And it's just like those stumbling, those major stumbling blocks that you need to free yourself from and just elevate to the next stage. I mean, so Women Who Elevate is both a community um, called Elevation Nation. Uh, you can actually join. Um, so just be a part of the community or you can actually engage with me in our Women Who Elevate 30-day course. Um, I'm in the pre-lunch phase, so I'm so excited about it um, because I just want to, again, build this community of women that's like, you know what? It doesn't matter what stage or obstacle that comes, like slap a name on it. (laughs) I know what to do to pivot and get to where it is that I'm trying to elevate. So, and that's my, my, my next little baby, my, my great project. I'm very excited to finally share with the world. And for those that aren't like familiar where the phrase beauty from ashes comes from, you want to expand upon that for them? Oh, yes, I can. Look, I'm going to be, let me pull up the actual scripture because I ain't going to misquote the Bible. I'm not not going to do that, y'all. <laughs> Don't be getting comments. Like, um, actually. <laughs> actually, <laughs> will not be misquoting the Bible on here. We have technology, so I will not act ignorant. Um, <laughs> so this is actually from, reference from Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. Um, I'm just going to read an excerpt of it. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And then down to verse three, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Um, And so just this concept of like, yes, you have ashes, things that have crumbled, things that you were grieving in your mourning over. But it's time to like make that trade and give that over for the beautiful life that you deserve. God knew. He knew. He knew. I thank you. I thank you. He knew oh today what I, the word I needed. Yes. Yes. I, I'm serious. <laughs> I feel you, girl. I, I feel you, honestly. I mean, these are, we have to have these conversations, like, you know, because sometimes I know literally all last week I was stuck in my head about something. And once I stepped out of myself and had a conversation with a girlfriend, she was A, able to check me <laughs> and B, remind me, like, 
yo, it's okay. You'll move to the next thing. I said to myself this morning, I dealt with it. Move on. <laughs> I got what I needed. Oh, man. Yes. All right. Fine. Is there anything else? <laughs> well, I thought she was going to come on here and she Yo. was going to be dropping the gems, but she ain't dropping the gems today. She's catching them. See? That's <laughs> I am receiving them fully. I'm telling That's y'all. Okay. Like he knew that he knew. He knew he knew. He I am so thankful for you, Jay, for real. Oh, oh. That fills my heart, seriously. Yes. Um, I mean, this, there... these communities are needed, you know. Yes. So I'm, I'm like just grateful for the space to be able to share with you all. I have followed you guys. Um, that's why it felt like, you know, getting hopping right on. I was like, this is community. I'm, you know, I know what this is. I know this energy. I know this vibe. I know these values. Um, and so like, that's really the type of community that I'm trying to continue to create. Um, just like that thing of me remembering that familiar support that extended beyond just my family, Spelman, um, as well as Delta Sigma Theta, as well as people that I hadn't even heard of from when I first started teaching from five, six years ago. <laughs> like everybody doesn't have that. And try, I try my best to extend that to other women as well. Thank you. And grateful for real. Are there any other gems that you would like to drop on the congregation today? Resources, I was, advice. I was say, you know, <laughs> just loving on yourself. I actually do have um, a freebie, um, and all of these things, guys, can um, be found on my Instagram. Um, I'm not even sure I'm supposed to be saying all this right now. This is the problem. It's okay. cool. Okay. <laughs> all of the resources that I have can actually be found on my Instagram. Um, that's really kind of the hub where I am. Just gonna be honest with y'all. I don't like being on 25 platforms. So if you go to my Instagram, the link in my bio, and you click that, you can sign up for Elevation Nation. You can also pre-enroll in the course. Um, the course is discounted right now for those who are pre-enrolling. I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> for those who are pre-enrolling, it is a discount. Um, and I also have other resources such as Habit Tracker that I actually use now daily. I believe in this concept of giving yourself an, a, a variety of options for a morning routine um, as opposed to a strict schedule. So I have freebies such as that to just really help promote elevating you to the next space that you want to be in. I can be your partner in that and I want to extend myself as that support and that resource. All of that will be in the show notes too. They gonna get Hallelujah. that word. I love show they notes. <laughs> I'll say my Instagram because I don't even think I said it's day d a e underscore Hayes h a y e s. Perfect. Well, we are incredibly, incredibly thankful for your time and sharing today. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. I'm so grateful for you. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, head to birthstoriesincolor.com.